welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of Highbury Poultry Farm Produce Limited and the Crown Prosecution Service. The citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 39. And this case that we're looking at this week looks at criminal law and, in particular, the area of animal welfare. Highbury Poultry Farm Produce operate a slaughterhouse and there are very strict ways in which these places have to be run so that they have to protect the welfare of the chickens as best as possible. Without getting into too much gory detail, the birds are stunned, have their necks cut, and are then put in a scalding tank to remove the feathers. Unfortunately at Highbury there were three instances in 2016 when a chicken was inserted into the scalding tank while it was still alive, because the neck had not been cut properly. As a result, the slaughterhouse was charged with two offences. Firstly, a failure to comply with Regulation 3 of the EU Regulation 1099-2009, which requires animals to be spared avoidable suffering at the time of killing, in contravention of Regulation 30, paragraph 1G, of the Welfare of Animals at the Time of Killing Regulations 2015. Secondly, a failure to comply as well with Article 15.1 of that same EU regulation, which requires the carotid arteries of the animal to be severed and for verification that it presents no signs of life before being subjected to scalding. In terms of domestic law, this is again a contravention of Regulation 30, Paragraph 1G of those 2015 regulations. In their defence, Highbury Farm argued that Regulation 31G required a proof of culpability or mens rea, which they did not have. For those who are not familiar with criminal law, mens rea is the mental element of a criminal offence. In other words, a person might have committed a criminal act, but they generally will not be convicted unless they have also had the criminal intent in their mind. I say generally there because there are certain crimes where the intent is not required, such as speeding, where it doesn't matter what the intent of the driver was if they were breaking the speed limit. These are called crimes of strict liability. Anyway, the trial judge did not accept the arguments put forward by Highbury Poultry Farm Produce Limited and ruled against them. The slaughterhouse did not appeal this, but instead challenged that ruling by way of judicial review and so it proceeded to the Divisional Court. There, it was found that although there is a presumption that the 2015 regulations do require proof of mens rea, this presumption was displaced because of the overarching concerns for animal welfare. That judgment was then appealed by uh, Highbury Farm Produce to the Supreme Court, and that's where we pick things up. To start off with that, Regulation 30, Paragraph 1G, is really just telling us that it is an offence to contravene the EU regulations. So in order to get to the heart of this case, we really need to examine what those EU regulations say. Article 3.1 tells us that, quote, Animals shall be spared any avoidable pain, distress or suffering during their killing and related operations, end quote. Meanwhile, the relevant part of Annex 3 in respect of Article 15 notes that, quote, In case of simple stunning, the two carotid arteries or the vessels from which they arise shall be systematically severed. Further dressing or scalding shall only be performed once the absence of signs of life of the animal have been verified, 
end quote. Now, hybrid poultry farm produce argued that while under the EU regulation an element of negligence would be sufficient to account for a contravention, an offence under the domestic legislation presumes a mens rea element. It was at this point that the justices stepped in to counteract this argument with their own view of the matter. For them, the welfare of animals at the time of killing regulations 2015 are really just a vessel to give effect to the EU regulation in domestic law, and so it is only the interpretation of the original EU regulation that matters. The only place that discretion comes into play is whether a member state decides to enforce EU law by creating criminal offences, and that is what the UK has done via the 2015 regulations. What they are unable to do is to lower the requirements when it comes to things like the standard of proof below the bar that is set by the European Union. When it comes to where that bar is, a couple of preliminary factors can be mentioned. For a start, there is nothing within EU law that would prevent it from creating a criminal offence that has strict liability. Secondly, the interpretation of EU law demands a purposive approach as that has always been a central tenet of the Union's jurisprudence. That means looking at what the purpose of the legislation is, and then, so far as it is possible to do so, interpreting the words so that they meet said purpose. It was within this framing that the justices looked at the wording in the two relevant provisions. Article 3 talks about sparing animals any avoidable pain and distress, and so it immediately gives us an insight into what the purpose of the legislation is. For the justices, this language also indicated strict liability as well, and although the preamble to the instrument does talk about animal cruelty caused either through negligence or intent, that is not meant as an exhaustive list. Furthermore, the Supreme Court also looked at the legislative history of this EU regulation, and found that the original directive that it replaced made no mention of intent or negligence whatsoever, therefore suggesting that the purpose was always to establish a contravention based on strict liability instead of any sort of culpability. Moving on from this, the justices also reached a similar conclusion in respect of Article 15, which requires the carotid arteries of the animals to be severed. That wording is pretty clear and explicit in itself, and doesn't leave much room for the intent of any alleged infringer. Either the arteries were severed or they weren't. Beyond that, this also sets an unambiguous standard across the EU, and marries up with the purpose of animal welfare that we mentioned in relation to Article 3. Ultimately then, hybrid poultry farm produce lost their appeal, and the relevant offences remain crimes of strict liability. As for our own analysis of this case, I think this decision from the Supreme Court makes the most sense by setting a clear bar in these types of cases. While making the law as simple as possible is not always appropriate in more complex matters, it is nevertheless something that we should aim for, and is thankfully what the justices have gone for in this situation. There is also, however, a rights concern when it comes to criminal law and crimes of strict liability that the Supreme Court didn't go into as much as I thought it might. After all, a criminal conviction is much more serious than a loss in a civil case, so it is necessary to be extra careful. In particular, this means being very hesitant about removing the mens rea element, because that means a person or company might be convicted despite no intent or negligence on their part. 
However, in this context, I think there is a strong argument that strict liability is appropriate, given how difficult it would be to prove intent or negligence when it comes to the death of a chicken. Fundamentally, the people who work at any slaughterhouse should be properly trained and qualified in all aspects of their job, including the essential role that animal welfare has to play. A failure to meet that clear standard should attract liability for the company responsible. On a broader note, it is concerning that these three offences were all recorded in a short period at one slaughterhouse. I think it raises questions about how effective animal welfare legislation really is in the UK, and it is certainly arguable that more needs to be done in terms of both monitoring and enforcement. Brexit is also a worry because without the directly effective EU regulation, it is possible that animal welfare requirements could be rolled back. Instead, let's hope that the UK, a nation of animal lovers, takes this opportunity to review our rules and instead move in the opposite direction to in fact offer more protection to animals than is already available. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. I'm going to take this opportunity right here to promote the Facebook group for UK Law Weekly. Just do a search on Facebook for UK Law Weekly and we should pop up. Um, The group's really growing at the moment and there's lots of interesting and great discussions that we're having. So do try and join us there if you do have a Facebook account. I'll be back with another podcast episode next week, but for now, bye!